This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Sarah, and I play Morlinde Lyklas, an elf in the Circle of the Land and presiding druid over New Isatalos. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.26, the Unknown Associates arrived in Hawarum, a dwarven kingdom in the middle of distress. An ally, Takus Ure, explained that the local Gnomish clan had been forcefully relocated after Hawarum quote-unquote accidentally released gas into their village. As reparations, the dwarves offered the gnomes housing, providing that they pay for that housing as machinists and tinkerers in a warforged production factory. Now the gnomes are on a strike led by Takus with Marge and Nexby demanding reparations from Hawarum who are bringing in strike breakers to run the factory. Rather than blowing up the place like Marge the Deathbringer suggested, Alaris has cursed the machinery so that only Yatin Amrod gnomes can work without their hands being covered in oozing scabs. The shipment crates also conceal an essential secret, a flying skiff made from dragon parts that Nexby invented. The party needs that skiff in order to get to the Azure Keep and serve as a witness in the trial of an old ally. There are a lot of different groups with a lot of different goals. And that's where we'll pick up. One, two, three, clap. Oh, Steven. I even put down my taco for that. <laughs> she put down her taco for that, Steven. Yeah. Okay, okay well, here we go again. Wait, wait, wait. It's working One. now. I don't know why it didn't work that other time. It just decided... Well, great. To... We're still going to re-clap Yeah, sync. let's do it. Here we go. One, two, three. I, I don't know why it does that. <laughs> it's the, the most annoying thing ever. I think it is just my computer being a troll at this point. They're like, oh, oh, he's going to record. Let's get everybody in the countdown and then just not work. And that's what it does. I want to apologize to the listeners today because I am... Sick AF. Hmm. Do I have to beep AF? <laughs> no. I, I no. say AF to my students, so. I love it. I also sometimes F. will make it a word and just say AF. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is stupid, but I do it, so whatever. Let's park the veils of reality. Park the veils of reality. Just kidding. Put them back. We're going back into reality because out of character, I want you to tell me what happened last time on Advantage. Uh, they well, one of them was uh, at the picket line. That was Takas. Yeah, um, that was Takas. That's who we found first, and then we followed her to um, a, him. Uh, him, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, pause. Um, uh, I am full time going by they them there now. Hey. Hell yeah! Uh, I'll let you make that transition yourself, and not blame you when you accidentally screwed up. Were you part time going by it? I was part time going by it. I was going by he and they, and now oh, I'm just okay. going by they then. Um, and you followed. And he him. led us to a teleport circle, um, which led us to the inside of the factory that is um, ran by, or operated by the gnomes, um, and they are on strike. Um, because the reason that they are being forced to work there is because 
Um, their homes were leaked a poisonous gas, um, and they were forced to leave and vacate or move to the city. And then to pay for their homes in the city, they had to work at the factory. Um, and it's all unfair. And so they're like, "We're not gonna work anymore. This is unfair." That action is called striking. <laughs> pump the poison gas out of our city. Pump out the gas. Grace under his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and so your priorities uh, in this session are, one, get the flying ship out of the factory, uh, yeah. which is currently in a large crate with a whole bunch of finished, um, ready-to-ship hands, because <laughs> the factory makes robotic hands. Yep. Um, and two, aid the strikers if possible. And now, part of the veils of reality. <laughs> And we have no idea how to get this 20-foot crate out of here. And as you say that, Alaris, Marge points her finger toward the factory door, and she says, Right now, dozens of strike breakers are about to take their places at the machines that will purchase them with scabs. They'll be pissed. Something is about to happen, whether we're ready for it or not. If you want to get this skiff out of here, you need to plan now. Oh, well, then why don't we just go out the garage door? Um, makes sense. And... As Takis says that, you see next be um, wide-eyed and obviously anxious. Uh, Takis is surprisingly cool. And as he's processing that suggestion, Alaris, uh, he's taking some long, calming, deep breaths and looking around the warehouse. He says, yeah, 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 it, it does make total sense. Okay, here's a plan. Baron Lodier wants those hands already made, right? Undelivered hands out of the factory. It's likely that one of those strike breakers' goals is to get those out. And next beat has hidden the skiff in one of those crates. And if they come in here, uh, we just let them take out the shipment. Out that garage door, just like you suggest. And that's one problem solved. What do you think? I I oh, like so you, they're just going to take all the stuff out for us? I mean, I would assume. Cool. Okay. That. I like that. Well, that sounds, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but then we need, we need a way to recover that one. Well, we'll just follow them. Yeah, next beat raises a finger. And says, uh, yeah, I agree with Grimton completely. Um, the problem with that plan is that we lose control and we would have to intercept that shipment later on. Like if the skip gets, if the skiff gets out, that's fine. But that means nothing if we aren't out also with it. So how can we make sure that the five of us are there ready to get in the air? Uh, hear me out. I'm hearing. Yeah. How, how much extra room is there in the skiff box? Oh boy. Uh... We would have to make this quick, but we could probably fit you in there. All right, let's do it. Let's jump in there. But hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, if the five of us, me, Nexby, and you four get in the crates, oh, man, then we're going to also have to battle. We'd have to prepare to battle them later on because we're not going to be able to get the crate silently hmm. by itself and get the skiff out. They would still be surrounded by other people. That's fine if we want to do that. But I'm just thinking ahead. We don't have a lot uh, of time. Uh, anyone else have any ideas? Is the journey to the Baron more than a day's travel away? Like, would they have to stop and rest? I mean, we're point? definitely faster than people with boxes. Taka says that this is being shipped to Maldo Keep. Mm. It's definitely more than one day away, right? They have to stop and rest at some point. All right. So how about we let them carry it away from the strike area, and then we attack the small group that's transporting it, and then we take it and run. Like, we're, what we're saying, just so I uh -huh. get this straight, is 
the strike breakers are going to come in here through the back door, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to come. Marge and get... swears under her breath as six dwarves enter the warehouse through the factory entrance. Okay, look, we gotta go. One is in business clothes, carrying a clipboard and a fountain pen, and four burlier figures fall behind, all in like common leather factory workers' garments. Save for two older gray-haired men, both donned in scale and carrying a dwarven-styled longsword. Well, I'm going to get inside the box with the scale. The clipboard guy looks up with a scowl from, uh, well, his clipboard and says, All right, clear out, assholes. We're here with the authority of Baron Lodir, re- reclaiming the products that are the property of the kingdom and have been stolen by the Ateen Amrod's laborers. Okay. Cool, take him. One of the older dwarves in the scale had his sword pointed at you and said, Oh, man, I was about to... I was prepared to say something really uh mean something like uh like it doesn't have to be violent um uh something like any assault on us is an assault on the authority of the king but if you're just you're just gonna okay you're just gonna let it happen and uh he scabbards his sword alaris if you want to get in this box i'm going to need a you know what let's make this a fun uh a skill challenge how about oh no Alaris did say out loud, I'm going to get in the box. Yeah, that's true. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that y'all heard that plan mm-hmm. and have the opportunities to react to it. Now, I would say that the main goal of this skill challenge is to aid Alaris in getting in the box for sure. Secondary goal is getting in the box yourselves, presumably, maybe. Uh-huh. And mixed with those is keeping the guards either distracted or uh, otherwise unawares of escapees, I guess, this this plan. So uh, how do we want to do this mechanically? The past ones have always just very been very uh, like physical movement based. And so yeah. I've benefited that. Um, but I think this one feels very intelligence, charisma, and wisdom based. I would agree. Yeah? Uh-huh. I would agree too. So let's say the party needs eight total successes, success points for a victory in this. Intelligence, charisma, and wisdom are going to be worth two success points. Physical one, dexterity, constitution, and strength are going to be one success point. Okay. Okay. Uh, everybody roll for initiative, I guess. This is not how I intended to do it, but I like what you're doing anyway. Fifteen. Three. Twenty. <laughs> Great. Oh, this is this is a, a spread. Uh, Sixteen. I actually really hate going first, like, or, like, near the top of the order. That's true. You always like to be at the end so you can see what everyone else is doing and, and react. Uh, you all need... A combined, well, okay, if I'm going to combine them. Uh, let's say you need a combined 10 success points. I'm sorry I'm reneging my eight previous. Ulrich, you intuitively understand the plan of trying to get people into the boxes covertly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? You're up first initiative. You said we need eight successes, correct? <laughs> 10 successes. 10 successes. Is- I'm a jerk, and I'm the dungeon master and get to determine the difficulty of this no i'm here for that um what about failures is there a failure limit if you get caught you automatically fail so if something goes terribly wrong i see every success is going to break down into combat so this is like an avoiding combat right so like basically if we screw up a little bit it might not result in a complete failure but like if we try something big and it goes horribly wrong it sucks for all of us 
can't they see us? Yes. Now they haven't like taken serious note of everybody in the room, but they're they have seen everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're keeping super large track. They're interested in the boxes. These are gnomish people coming in. Dwarves. But they are breaking a gnomish strike. Like there's a bit of a racial con. Yes. I'm not really sure how comfortable I am with untrained hands using these machines. So I'm like, I could show you a few things and even like take a few steps toward like machinery. Right, right, right. Physically leading them. Uh, solid three there, Joe. Clipboard man is going to say, that's the concern of the factory workers. Our concern is getting these boxes out. So if you want to go on and show them, that's great. Uh, Auric, I will actually give you the benefit of you have stepped aside. They have lost visual track of you. Like, I'm not, like, hidden, but they're not paying attention to me because now I'm not, like, in their main line of sight. Correct. I saw where Auric was trying to go with that, even though it wasn't necessarily completely effective. Um, so I'm going to continue in the vein of trying to distract and use um, a cantrip uh, druidcraft to... Very good. Make a animal sound, but it happens like way across the room. Um, okay. So, and that animal sound is going to be what's really disruptive? Uh, a bear. Um, <laughs> like we're not gonna have any idea what she's doing either, so it's definitely gonna startle. <laughs> anyway, do I have to make a bear sound? Yes. Uh, please, absolutely. I don't know what sounds bears make. Do they just roar? Roar! Let's just use Joe's. No, nah. sorry. I'm, g- I'm gonna mm. cut mine out. Uh-huh. Oh, man. I threw up three times today, Joe. Happy <laughs> <laughs> New Year. That sucks. That means it's, uh, your throat it's... is, like, beautifully scalded and primed for this. For this? Okay, fine. <laughs> I, like, literally don't know how to yell. That was good. That was good. So they hear that across the room, and then what do you want me to roll for, Joe? Wait, I'm supposed to do that. It's a nature roll. I decided. (laughs) Okay. Not bad. 13. These dwarven guards are very confused and definitely turn their heads to go look in the direction of the roar in the warehouse and they're like they're gonna turn back to a lot of you um momentarily and ask questions about that you can predict but before that grimton it's your turn just going with it and seeing an opportunity i'm gonna try a performance roll and grimton's going to brandish his axe while yelling cave bear get it out of here <laughs> cave bear and start sprinting towards the direction, yeah. Give me a deception oh, check. I was going to say performance, but they're both charisma. 16? One of them's going to, like, look behind and see that you've got your axe out and looking out in the, in the same direction, and this guy's going to pull his sword out as well and say, Do you see it? Where is it? I think it's over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take off running. They're absolutely going to be distracted by that. Uh, Alaris, your turn. I'm gonna use Arcana, and I'm gonna use Misty Step to teleport inside the box. Incredible. Does that require a line of sight? Well, it just says to an unoccupied space that you can see. I mean, I can see the box. Okay, I'll, I'll let you get behind the box. You can't get in the box, but you could get, like, behind the cover of the box. Yeah, that's fair. 
21. 21. Yeah, you definitely do it. You are out of their line of sight as they are totally distracted. You will still need to be able to like open the box and climb in yourself to get full cover. But uh, for now, everything is handily distracted. Uh, Takus is probably going to see you teleport Misty Step and then also follow suit, meet you behind there, Alaris. Marge, being a pretty wanted fugitive, is probably just going <laughs> to... GTFO yeah, sneaky sneak. and is just going to try to disappear and I think is going to be able to do that while they're all distracted. But Nexby, uh, who does not have a, uh, a bounty poster at well, let me go back into my notes really quick. I have to reread. This is from the mission briefing from the fugitive unit that you found. Suspects profiled by the smoke recon two weeks ago at Isatalos Watch Forest. Known suspects profiled include Grimpton Steadyhand of the Red Capes and Delve Deep, and Nexby Vorlin of the Yatine Amrod. Oh, dang. So they are aware of Nexby, and you definitely have known before that Marge has a pretty high profile. Nexby's going to go behind the crates, too, and is just going to, like, kind of run back behind there. Auric, your turn. Is now everybody, like, looking for this bear? All the bad guys are. Where are the people we're trying to distract currently walking? Morlinde, where did you make this sound come from? It's like the other, like, corner of the warehouse. Like, opposite the garage door? By the door, uh, where everybody came in. That's on the opposite side of the garage door. So, what I'm gonna do, if you'll let me, um... Hopefully I will. Is summon the spirit bear. (laughs) Love it! In the doorway area, but, like, around a corner... So that she's not, like, as visible, you know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. to, like, give some validity to Morlinde's yes, 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 yes. bear sound. I guess I can roll, like, Arcana for that. Arcana or Nature, maybe? Uh, 15. Yes, the spirit bear manifests secretly out of your own visual range, but, like, you're aware of a uh, a corner behind this immediate door in kind of a vestibule area between the factory and the warehouse that they are going to investigate. I assume that you're just going to like hold any further action. Yeah, for for now. Um, Morlinde, presumably you don't know about this no, whole situation. No, but uh, Morlinde does know that they're distracted so uh she's just gonna try and hop in the box hop in that box hop in the and box. what is your hop in the box role i guess that would that would be something dexy yeah Ooh, i'll do acrobatics just for funsies um i will say that these boxes are closed on the top it's not like they're <laughs> like open baskets yeah so that means that i'll have to do a cool backflippy and then like grab the lid of the box and also stealthily flip it up We'll just cut out the acrobatics and go straight into the decks okay. uh, for stealth. Okay. Either way, yep. Uh, yeah, you run over and are trying to like silently open this box up. 15 for stealthily flipping onto a box. 15 for stealthily flipping onto a box. Uh, yeah, you open up the crate and look in, and this thing is flush uh, almost to the top <laughs> with robotic hands. hands. Great. So many hands, lots of hands, but you did it quietly. Grimton. Do we see the spirit bear? I will say that you are leading this gotcha. charge into the corner, so. I guess as we turn around a machine, we see the spirit bear, and I'm going to assume that Grimton recognizes 
it has you've seen it plenty Ulrich spear bear yeah ah it's the geist of a cave bear and i'm gonna <laughs> try to take a pretty wide swing at it and maybe also hit a machine and damage it so they can't use it <laughs> so i don't know what you want me to roll to i guess just keep rolling either performance or deception to make it convincing that i'm trying to fight um, this bear performance i think it's a seven you swing wildly cartoonishly uh i think the older dwarf who has a sword says oh not much of a fighter eh but it's a nimble bugger <laughs> and my age is catching up with me did you just say your age is catching up with you dang it <laughs> that is what you said correct that yes, is what you? i said oh no the older dwarf is going to look at your young hipster dwarf body mm-hmm. i forgot about that as like yeah a young dwarf wearing i guess leathers and my beard is I'm gonna wrap it around my neck as a scarf and uh r- remind me like how grimton has donned this particular disguise with the hat of disguises is that what it's called? i don't remember what it's called but yeah but it's a hat but it's a hat that can disguise me as someone else who i've seen also wearing a hat as long as the disguised character also has a hat slot equipped anyway go on may just catching up with me I don't have very much fighting experience. As I am a young dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give me... Um, I think we're just going to leave it there. I'm not going to give you a success on that, but I, I do think it is convinced that sort of quick response worked. The scaled veteran dwarf is uh, going to take a sword and try to plunge it into Mother Bear as the turn count now goes to Alaris who's concealed behind the crates. Morlinde opened the crate, and there's a bunch of gears inside. Hands. Hands. Hands inside. Hands inside. Also, never gears, because, of course, Warforged are not clockwork, they're pneumatic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotta get your power systems right. <laughs> um, can I just get inside the box and, you know, like, whenever you're at, like, Chuck E. Cheese with the ball pit, and you just kind of, like... Wiggle your way down into it. <laughs> sure. Never have I ever been in a ball pit. Fun fact. Really? I was going to say the exact opposite. They're super fun. But that is that is what I'm going to try to do. Give me a shimmy check. Okay. I feel like that's going to be a dexterity something, right? Mm-hmm. 15? 15 for shimmy. You hop in there. I think Morlinde sees that you're getting in there and is uh, like okay with it and that you're going to be fine and then closes the top of the crate uh and also you hit your 10 success points so that skill challenge is officially over congratulations uh encounter one Alaris, uh, officially concealed in the box though perhaps poorly <laughs> and now you have other things to deal with <laughs> Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.27. My DMing style involves setting up a lot of conflict but never assigning their solutions. I believe that the dungeon master should resist that urge to solve and instead provide plot-based tools for the characters to use instead. This whole three-part strike breakers saga was wild. With social puzzles like this one, I have no idea what the party's solution will be. That's their job to figure out. All I can do is set up tension and conflict. We'll continue that conversation about dungeon master styling and 
plot theory and whatnot on the Darkmore Podcast Network's Discord channel. There's a link to that down in the doobly-doo. Recently, I've been doing some plot brainstorming for arcs three and four of the show, and I love exploring their themes with our community. The Switch series that I ran for a mixed DPN cast is out now. You can find that in the Playing Out of Character podcast feed. Uh, Honestly, that session was my all-time favorite one-shot that I have ever participated in. I'm so happy with how that dungeon played out. Go check it out for yourself on the Playing Out of Character show page and subscribe to them while you're there. Thank you to each and every one of our patrons. You are what make Advantage possible. I just had to renew our membership on SoundCloud, which is expensive. Sarah just bought a new microphone, which you'll hear eventually. Uh, We're stoked to be able to improve the show with your help. We're small, so every dollar that you can donate is a substantial percentage. If you can afford to give, we would love your financial aid. There's a link down in the show notes. If you can't give in that way, we encourage you to find a podcasting app that allows you to leave reviews. Five-star ratings make this show more findable and grow our audience. Our depth of storytelling here is rewarding, and we want to share that richness with more people. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. Did you know that there are other tabletop games than Dungeons & Dragons? Well, my name is Gavin, and I'm the host of Playing Out of Character, an actual play podcast that showcases different indie game systems. We play all these indie tabletops using goofs and spooks to tell our stories. In Arc 1, we're playing a largely improvisational game of Urban Shadows. If that piques your interest, look for Playing Out of Character, a Darkmoor podcast show on your favorite podcatcher. Takis is going to glance at Nexby, and Nexby is going to glance at Morlinde, who she is standing by, and really quickly uh, say some exposition that Joe had written down. P.S. We don't normally ship hands in like 20 by 4 by 4 crates. Uh, wood is tremendously heavy. The evergreen we use uh, weighs about like 3 pounds per square foot. This box on its own weighs 1,600 pounds unloaded, filled with robot hands and uh, a flying skiff in that one and uh, Alaris this thing is easily over a ton usually boxes are sent out of here are like an eighth this size but we had to mask the boat in here too so thank the spirits thank Mother Bear in particular that these things are on rolling steel casters this is going to be a bitch to get going but maintaining the speed will be easy with the momentum of this thing sorry I just had to get that out of the way I put a lot of research into figuring out how much <laughs> I... the density and weight of wood was so nice. that was a reward for Joe uh, it's going to be Ulrich's turn. I imagine that I've like come up behind the group that has gone over to fight the spirit bear. I turn toward Morlinde and do like a like get down kind of motion. Um, like like get off of that thing. Um, and then just like also take a swing at <laughs> spirit bear and hit some piece of equipment instead. So like um, I'll roll an attack athletics. What do you think? If we're coming out of the skill challenge, you could just give me like a straight up attack roll unless you're mocking the swing. I'm mocking the swing, so I'm going to do actually a dex based roll, which is not going to matter a whole lot because it's going to be nine. But like I go in with like a 
and like swing and deliberately how about how about i do hit something but like it doesn't do much to it it's just like ting Ulrich and Grimton, as you're both in this room, that you're near the edge of the factory floor, and looking out, you do see plenty of other dwarves at stations who are looking at their hands very confusedly, and you spot scabbing. Ah. Ah, she says when it's her turn. Oh, is it my turn? It is your turn. It's your turn. (laughs) Though Morlinde does not also see the scabbing because she's in a different room. Yes. No, but I'm very excited about that. Uh, Morlinde is going to follow Alaris and uh, scoot her way down into the bucket of creepy hands. (laughs) We're going to put you in a different crate, how about? Yeah. Or do you want to be in the same crate? Well, oh, did he jump in the one I opened up? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go open up a different crate. And shimmy into that one. Give me a shimmy check. She shimmies her way into the box. Uh, so, 15. Two of your five-person party, which includes uh, Nexby, who you obviously need to pilot this flying skiff when you get it out, are successfully concealed, question mark. And Morlinde, with you in the box, we are taking you out of initiative order. The relevant players now are Ulrich and Grimton. Grimton, it is your turn. Is there... Like a commotion amongst the dwarves right now, like looking at their scabbed hands yes. and whatnot. A lot of commotion, not only as they look at their own ailments, but turn and see this uh, fight going on? Question yeah. mark? <laughs> I'm going to see that and try to take the opportunity to look back and just go, Egads, a pox, a pox upon this factory. I'm going to try to run into a crowded area so as. Hoping that the guards lose sight of me. Okay. Assuming they do, I'm going to try to bolt it back over as quickly as I can to the boxes. All right, is that a stealth roll to disappear into the crowd of other dwarves? Yeah, let's call it stealth, I guess. 12? They're pretty distracted, so I'm, it's a pretty low DC. Grimton, you have successfully disappeared into the crowd. Uh, I will say that it's going to take at least one turn, if not two, for you to go up into that like little crow's nest balcony, manager's balcony, and then back down into the uh, into the factory, you'd be able to do that route in two rounds and without a stealth roll. So you'd just be foregoing your turn. Or on your next turn, you can do a stealth check and try to get in the quicker way back through the door that you just came into. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll let you choose uh, on your next turn. Uh, it would be down to uh, Alaris, but Alaris is successfully concealed in the box. Congratulations. Uh, tell me very briefly about the experience of being in a box with a bunch of robot hands laying supine on your back um, facing well, out in the dark. It's not the most comfortable place I've ever been. Is Alaris claustrophobic? No, Alaris is not claustrophobic. That's good. Um, actually, that brings up a great question, and I'll, I'll let you do this on advantage. But um, give me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Uh, ten? Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Ulrich, your turn. So, Grimton has, like, vanished, basically. Yep. For all intents and purposes. Scooted off. You can, you can see in this hysteria that you would also have an opportunity to scoot. So, I'm gonna do that, but I'm get to make sure that it's, like, properly confusing. 
I'm gonna have Spirit Bear just run through the warehouse at full speed. Love it. Which is gonna be terrifying. Uh, and then I will I, let that be a free action. And then I'm just gonna like stealthily dip on out. I assume you're taking the short way back through whichever way Grimton went. I'm probably gonna go the, sh- the short route. Like I'm going with Grimton. Go with Grimton. And I rolled uh, an unnatural twenty. Morlinde, what is your experience of being in a box? <laughs> supine on your back in the dark surrounded by robot hands weird metal hands marlon is definitely uncomfortable but um she's just waiting for the box to start moving so the next thing can happen she's considering meditating but she's worried that means her guard will be down so she's trying to figure out what to do next mechanically all of this has taken place in like six seconds mm-hmm. but what has this six seconds felt like to marlon as you're already planning ahead and, as you said, waiting for the box to move, what does this waiting feel like? She's kind of imagining uh, scenarios of what could happen, like, next. So, like, somebody could open the box and she's going to have to, like, pop out and, like, hit somebody. Or, mate, what if the box never moves? Then what do we have to do? Or... You're very forethoughtful. Yeah, because there's nothing else to do in there but overthink. So she's overthinking. <laughs> Uh, I will give you a readied action for that. Oh, cool. Grimton, your turn. You said that you were taking the short way. You're just going to bolt back through that main factory door, right? Yes. Into the warehouse. Give me a stealth check, please. (laughs) 18. You have successfully helped contribute to the commotion enough to dart away unnoticed. Grimton and Ulrich, you come in to see... uh, well, I guess not see. Morlinde and Alaris. Not see. Oh, no. You come into the room. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> you come into a room filled with Nazis. Punch them all. Each and every one. That's that's uh, Ulrich's heroic death. <laughs> just... You martyr yourself punching Nazis? Yes. That seems in spirit. You come in. You do not see. Well, uh, that's also bad. People that are currently missing <laughs> include Morlinde and Alaris. Um, who you presume are in a crate because Nexby and Takis are both like quickly ushering you in and have boxes ready to go. I come over, I like dash over to them right quick and I'm like, wait, are we all getting in a box? Shouldn't some of us be outside the boxes? And like just track the shipment, i.e., split the party. Talk it. <laughs> uh, no, you can split the party, that's fine. Yeah, it's always fine for you to split the party. I just highly discourage it. It's frowned upon. Nexby says, I mean, I don't know. What do you want to do? And looks at Grimton. I think you definitely need to get in because, you know, you're a fugitive and you're not disguised. That's a great point. But also, if I get in the box, then I'm just kind of trapped in the box and can't I have like zero autonomy of being able to escape if I need to. I think myself and Ulrich will stay outside the boxes and follow you guys. Okay, I'll trust you on that. And uh, next we hops in a box. So now Grimton and I are just standing there and everybody else is in a box. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) folks in a box um so presumably the mission now is alric and grimton disappear with takis question mark isn't takis supposed to be like the one handing these over and like all that yep strike leading grimton you could presumably and i'm get away with looking as a strike breaker right and alric you also are convenient in that you could look as a striker yeah hey 
let's try to blend into these crowds and keep an eye on this crate, and we can just come out at the right moment. I'm going to go be with the strikers. Takas, does that sound like a good idea? Uh, I think you should be with me because I'm going to... I mean, if we're handing these over, okay. I don't know. You okay, could be I'll my, be like, with my bodyguard you. or something. I'll I don't be know. with you. Yeah, I'm definitely scary looking. And I give... I am absolutely terrified. It's the, the makeup. I give my best scowl. Just a reminder for yes. the viewers, I'm definitely cute. Nothing about me is it's scary. adorable. Yeah, like, I am in all black and, like, have a scary sword. But, like, I'm also small and, like cute like I don't you know. do have a cool scar though now. i do yeah. it's you do have a cool scar you are gnarly. false i have a scar nothing <laughs> about this scar actually looks cool like it's not like the cool ones on like final fantasy where it like crosses my nose this is like jagged and like full. messes yeah. up my lip yeah what uh yeah what what is the difference between a cool scar and just a normal scar yeah. i'll tell well, you one's badass and the other one's not. I, I feel like it's a personality thing nah check it out if you've ever played final fantasy 8 the whole opening sequence, mm -hmm. the character Leon, who is also in the Kingdom Hearts games, yeah, gets us. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's for the listeners too. I don't know how what flavor nerd they are. Oh, okay. Um, gets uh, cut on his face like diagonally for from forehead to cheek across his nose, and then it heals, and then so he's just got this cool like anime person scar. But like, yeah, that's not what I got going on. Like this has disrupted the, my face. <laughs> uh in a permanent way like ergo making you like a tough badass yeah who was a bodyguard with a cool scar whatever the case is it's eventually going to come on to a deception check so prepare Let's, for that okay takas grimton and alric were having that conversation <laughs> yeah this is like, i'm like i'm soft i'm soft no one <laughs> so grimton um I, I don't know like go pretend to be a strike breaker i'm just gonna skedaddle if you could be one of the pushers that would be really cool. Well, if you could help get in the group and, like, push these crates here in a sec. I'll try my best. All right. Um, Ulrich, follow me. Will do. Good luck, Grimton. Hey, thanks. I Act natural. <laughs> I, I do that, but in the very obviously not natural way. I'm like... This is an audio medium. Can you uh, describe, <laughs> describe what, what you just did? <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> just, I look unnatural, but... Uh, buff arms. Yes, buff arms. Try to feign beefiness. I, I try to look as scary as possible. You draw angry eyebrows. Yes, despite being small and soft and cuddly. Takis leads you to the door, back to the factory floor. Um, like, right as this original group are coming back in, like, they're all sweaty. Two of them have scabby hands. And Does that normally happen? Has that ever happened before? Has whatever happened before? The bear? Spirit bear, you, you know, that bear that you fought? I look at the strike breaker and I'm like, what about that? It just seems like something that's happened before. Dude, I'm just as confused as you are. I don't know what that was. Give me a deception check. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I like that pating. That was, that was the sound. sound. Of it. it was hitting my teacup because I'm having Cute. tea. That's a very Steven thing. It is. Tea is an entire hobby. Uh, ten. They're gonna just look at you skeptically and... Um, know that something is up, but Takis is going to, uh, like, quickly cover for you and say, regardless, you're fine. I don't think anybody else is hurt, he says, like, looking around, uh, out through the doors into the factory floor. It's a mel of a hess, but you can have the crates have fun. Turn to you, 
Ulrich and say, let's help them push it out. Sounds good. Takis is going to run over uh, and like begin lifting the garage door. Um, Sarah and Zach, knowing that the Warforged have like guarded this entrance and have been like enforcing a siege on this factory, but also that they are anticipating uh, the liberation of these uh, quote-unquote stolen materials. What is it that Ulrich and Grimton see? Like when they walk outside the Yeah, place? as like, as the garage door is being lifted. I, I imagine it gets instantly way louder as as the noise of the, the, the protesters and, and such just erupts, you know? Mm-hmm. There's like lines of war-forged keeping the protesters from getting like to the factory so okay so they're kind of doing like a double duty of uh like maintaining the siege uh-huh. and also crowd control yeah like almost a, a half circle of of warforged like blocking people so out. that means that the warforged are going to have to like do more crowd control to provide a space for these hands to be shipped out I imagine the strikers throwing throwing various objects, sure. rocks, tomatoes. Oh, oh. this is going to be a clash, huh? As we're pushing and like as this door opens and like it's definitely going to be something that we want to get done quickly to mitigate having things thrown at us. I'd like to shout to everybody pushing, "Come on guys, let's give it the beans." <laughs> All right, and with that, we're going to stop that recording. to sneeze bless you bless you thank you bless you oh god it's coming it's so close yeah daddy (laughs) (laughs) can we just isolate that